Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Yeah, the rights remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You're running so that's for sure. This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that of a sexual nature and should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or for some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My descriptions of the crime scenes, what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And stay tuned. Uh at the end of the show for all that podcast stuff I'm supposed to say, but we're going to get right into today's story, which I'm going to name the ultimate survivor. Now, this is totally different than anything I've ever done before. And I, I have interviewed some people uh, over, over the years, but those are on cases that I actually was actively working. This one, I'm not, but this story is a is a testimony to strength, and and it's it's, it's going to be hard it, for y'all to hear uh, some of the things. But it, it, at the end of it, you'll see why we're calling it the ultimate survivor. In in the studio today with me, I have some very special guests, Charlie Elena. And we also have Charlie's mama sitting in the corner, and that's Miss Kim Domain, right? And also, I have my brother from another mother and producer, Jim Chapman. Uh, um, okay, so y'all, this story, I'm going to let Charlie tell it, and it's her testimony. Charlie, I just thank you so much for being here and for being the young lady that you are. So, so tell me, how old are you? So I'm 17, and whenever this crime happened, I was just turning 15 at the time. Okay, so where are you from? I'm from Denham Springs, born and raised. Born and raised, right here in the LP, right? And and so you went to Denham Springs High School? Yes, sir. Graduated there, too. Right. Putting the cart before the horse, but the 
you're going to go to Southeastern. Yes, sir. And you know that's where I went. Did you know that? I did not know did that. Did you know that I also started my police career at oh, Southeastern cool. as a university police officer? Uh, so I got a lot of history there. That's my old stomping grounds in Hammond. And, and of course, Denver Springs were kind of my stomping grounds back in the day. Go Jackets. Yeah, definitely Jim's stomping grounds. <laughs> but um, So I've been in an LP for, I don't know, 25 or so years mm-hmm. now. And I'm not originally from here. Um, but this is my home, and these are my people, right? That, uh, I love all – Everybody from Livingston Parish. So, but you graduated from Dental Springs High School, I would guess, this year. Yes, sir. Yep. And so, how was that? It was really good. Um, I was glad for me to be able to graduate, knowing right. what I went through. It was really, really tough for from my sophomore year to my senior year, but I rose above, defeated mm-hmm. the odds, and was able to graduate. Right, and excellent. And that's why we're here to tell the story. So. You, and not an easy thing to do, by the way, yeah. um, these days in high school, mm-hmm. right? With with nothing else going on. It's still yeah. not yeah. easy. Yeah, to do. Yeah, so yeah, shout out for to, that. To be, a, to be a teenager, period, in high school is tough. And, oh, yeah. and I know yours had to be extra tough. So that, you said you're born here. And tell me about your family and growing up and and then you get into your story whenever you want to. Yeah. But give us – tell the listeners um, – about your life yeah so i was born here um stayed here my whole life parents always been divorced so i never really really saw them together so i would go to her house i would she was like the one i stayed with most of the time you're talking about miss kim mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. so yeah my mom and my dad was always in and out of rehab until i was about five and what's his name his name is alan scott okay and um so whenever he finally got clean, I would be able to go to his house. And he was always the fun house. No rules. Hey, you should always love right. me more. So that's kind of how I was raised. And as I was getting older, um, he would, like, talk to me and say, like, hey, um, how are you doing? And just, like, really making me resent towards my mom, Kim. And mm-hmm. he was always the fun house. And then later in 2020, um, he committed a crime with my best friend, um, and I was prone to it. He um, had a relationship with her, and the way I found out was he was on a fishing trip in Grand Isle, and I was with my best friend, um, and that was the girl. And she was like, I kissed your dad. I was like, oh. She, she just. I was well, like, oh, I, so we're just going to really get into it like that. Right. She was like, I was like, okay. She was like, are you mad? Are you mad? I'm like. I don't know. I just turned 15, so I couldn't process all of this. So he came back, and she told me everything. And then he was like, well, she kissed me. I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to get into the middle of this. Yeah. And I was just. So, Charlie, let me me interrupt you, and I'm going to do that um, from time to time. And and if you don't want to answer questions, that's fine, right? We we discussed it. So she told you that she kissed kissed your dad. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you said she told you everything. Can you, if, if, if whatever terms you want to use or whatever, can you tell us what everything yeah. is? So, um, so we were staying in Grand Isle in this camp, and it's a it's a three bedroom uh, house, and me and her would stay in one room, two twin beds, and he had a big master bedroom. Well, one night she was like, "Well, I snuck out the bedroom and slept with your dad." I was like, "Oh, okay." And she. She didn't go into detail or well, anything. Well, that's what I'm saying. Did you take it? Did she meant like she went in there and just went to sleep or something happened? They had sex. Okay. So mm-hmm. she told you that? Yes. Okay. And when she tells you that, like you said, she didn't go into any great details or anything. What is it as a 15-year-old, I mean, I, what's going on in your head? So, like, at the time, I was just like, oh, wow, my dad, because – in my eyes, my my dad was like, like my star. Like right. that's kind of how you look up to a dad. Right. Like he was the one that would taught me how to fish, hunt, right. mud rise, so everything. Like right. he was like the one that was just like my pride and joy. Right. And he, I, whenever I heard that, I was just like, "Is this actually true?" She was like, "Yeah, I snuck out our out our room and had sex with your dad." I was like, "Okay." She, I was like, "Were you four? She was like, "No, I wanted to." And this girl's like she was always into older men, and I knew that right. too. So whenever he came back 
for me, it was an awkward feeling, like, looking at him, knowing what I knew, and he kind of looked at me and was like, whatever. You know, like, he didn't really care what I thought. So, let me ask you this real quick. Did he... Did she just offer up this information or was it in the midst of like an argument it and she was a, like, well, I did this? It wasn't in the midst of an argument. We were always close. We would tell each other everything um, as best friends would. She just, we just kind of just kind of talking and we were just talking about boys. And she was like, I mean, I kissed your dad. And I was just like, did y'all do anything more? And it took her about like an hour to finally say what they did until I was like, Okay. Wow. This is, right. this is a little weird. And and, it, and what point, or um, did you realize that your dad knew what she had told you? Um. So whenever I came back, um, by the time like I think he was five miles offshore, she texted him and said she knows, which I guess she didn't think that I saw, but I saw, and like the look that he gave me was like, you know, are you going to say anything? I'm your father. I protected you for all these years. So for me, it felt like I was in a like in a debt to him to where I had to keep the secret. Yeah. So first of all, let me say this: the you were 15 years old. Mm -hmm. Okay, you absolutely did nothing wrong. Yeah. I mean, you're you you're a young teenager, basically, right? uh, So he comes in. And I mean, you looked up to him. He's he's like you said. You, I mean, basically, he kind of must have been a, like a daddy's girl mm-hmm. up to that point. Big time. Um, and like you said, it was the fun home and everything else. So that is where it was. And he comes in off the boat, and you know that he knows that you know, mm-hmm. and he just looked at you. He just looked at me. He got off the boat. He was like, gave me a big hug. Hey, how are y'all? Missed y'all. Right. It was just normal like you didn't just commit a crime or anything and so what happened after that so after that we um were packing up ready to go back home we were going to go drop her off in plaquemine he was like hey do you want to drive the truck um has a trailer behind it but it's good it's good learning for you you know i was like sure so then they were both in the back seat of the truck at the time and so so mm -hmm. you didn't even have a license did not even have a license so he he asked you to drive, mm-hmm. and then he just blatantly he gets was like, in the hey. back seat with her. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Hey, I'm going to hop in the back seat." They didn't, they didn't have sex or anything. Right. So, but then start things started getting a little weird. Like they would both get up and move like the rearview mirror out the way. I was like, "No, no, no, we're not doing this." Right. So I turned back, and as I turned back, she was on top of him, kissing him. I said, "Get the fuck off! This is not right." right. And they kind of just looked there and kind of smiled. And I was over here just crying, like, right. what, what is going on? Like, this right. is my dad. Right. Oh, man. I, I, I can't imagine. And, and what, so when you said, get, get off of him, this is my dad, and what happened? So then life? after that, so I eventually drove all the way to Plaquemine with her in the front seat. My dad just stayed in the back, probably. Not really much. So more. she got it when mm-hmm. you said get off. She they kind of looked up. at each other, smiled, and then she got in the back seat or in the front seat. Right. Okay. And he just, I guess, he sat in the back because he didn't, he couldn't look at me in the eye doing what he did, or just he didn't care. Do you know about what parish y'all were in when when um, she was on top of him? We I mean, were, it doesn't matter if you don't. I'm just no curious. Clue. Okay. All right. So you're just driving back from Grand Isle. Mm-hmm. All right. Your friend, mm-hmm. was she She was the same age as you? She was a year older than me. So she was, she was 15, and then she turned 16 in September. Okay. So essentially the same age. Yeah. You know, they don't, and so y'all drive back to Plaquemine? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we drive back to Plaquemine, dropped her off. Got I got in the passenger seat. My dad was like, why did you act like that? That's not right. Why were you yelling? Really? I was like, what? I'm not supposed to do that? He was like, I mean— you know, so I'm guessing you don't care, so why are you acting like that? I was like, so, like, for me, I just felt cornered. I was like, I'm sorry. That's yeah. all I could right. say. Yeah, and I understand. And, and the, I mean, just, at the end of the day, still your dad. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody, I'm 53 years old, and I still seek my dad's approval. 
Yeah. Right. And and so what happened then? So then we just it was pretty silent in the truck. Got back home. Nothing much happened. Did he did he ever say anything to you about not telling anyone or anything? He was like, no, not really. Okay. I just, just I guess suspected. he kind of just knew that since he was so good to me these all these years, mm-hmm. I would pay him back, which he normally has that mindset, which is really bad to have. Yeah, right. So you come back and what happens? Come back. Next day, go to school, act like nothing happened. So that's when I started my, my grades started declining. Could go back to her house, always get in trouble because she would she didn't know what I'm what I'm going through. In my so head. basically, you were you were acting out, mm-hmm. and then you know, I want you to know that's normal, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, that's how, unfortunately, that's how the, most of these stories go. And yeah. and, and um. But so before then, you had good grades. You were a mm-hmm. decent student, and now you um, your grades start to slip. You're acting out a, a little bit. Your words, mm-hmm. right? And and so you are dealing with this. You don't may, may not realize at the time that's the way you're processing it. Yeah. You um, like a, a meth head does a lot of meth, and they get the sores on them. That's because their bodies. It tries to process process out all the poison that's in it, mm-hmm. and it seeps through their skin, right? So they they pick, and in your way of processing, whether you realize it or not, is you you begin to act out and care less about the things that you don't yeah. care about. So so I would go to his house Thursday to a Monday, and one day, so but, did, but, so, when, but I'm sorry to interrupt you. When, so you started going to his house. Did he ever say anything about it or anything like that? Some she would always be over there. Okay, so mm-hmm. so when you would go there, did he he got you to get her to come over, or how so did that work? they would come pick me up together from carpool after school, and I was sitting in the back seat, and they would just. So she did, didn't go to school with you. Gotcha. She okay. was homeschooled. So how did he have access so, to her? Funny story. Um, her dad is my dad's best friend, or wow. was my dad's best friend. Wow. Yeah. So he didn't care. He was right. like, yeah, sure, bring them both to Grand Isle. Right. So he had an in on that, too. So her dad was placing the trust in him also. Mm-hmm. Right? And because and evidently, before you found out, and I assume he found out at some point, this is the face that he's putting on. Yeah. Right? To get what he wants Mm -hmm. so i would go back and then they would be like and so i didn't have a phone at the time um i was grounded obviously and so so my dad had a wife and she didn't know anything also have two little sisters down there too wow so while they were so while she was off getting them from school or bringing them somewhere he was he would say hey keep an eye out for my wife's car so we can go in the camper and have sex i'll give her i'll give you the girl's phone um, so you can text us to come back. Yeah. He's like, okay. And yeah. I would just wait there, and then I'll text him, be like, hey, it's are y'all coming back? Like it's it's y'all been there for a while. Like she could be back any minute. Right. So I was I was the cover up, but also the watchdog. Right. And they would she would come she would always sleep in my bed at night, but um, one night I don't I don't really remember the date. Um, it doesn't matter. I just woke up. Dad was sleeping on the couch, and I just wanted to go lay next to my dad because, I mean, that's my dad. Right. Normally, you can do that. Right. And I'm guessing, I don't really know. So he was, like, half asleep, half awake. Lay there, he was like, hey, baby, what you doing? I was like, oh, I just woke up, want to come lay next to you. He was like, I love you so much, love you so much, love you so much. And he grabbed my face, and he kissed me. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he was like, get up, go back to bed. Yeah. Acted like. Nothing happened. Right. Wow. Okay, so, and, and I'm not saying it was in this case, but in a lot of cases, and the I'll tell you about this, um, preferential offender has a certain age gra- uh, range they like to offend against and a certain, I mean, it's just a fact. And But they're, they're Every one of them are highly intelligent. Doesn't mean they're formally educated. It means they're highly intelligent, 
and they groom their victims. Yeah. Okay? They, they, they use um, their position of authority and trust to slowly ingratiate themselves to the victims, and then they push it a little bit further every time until they get what they want. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes about controlling the yeah. victims, controlling the narrative of what's said and what isn't said so they continue to do what they do. I don't know you, Dad. I'm just telling you what yeah. the, uh, 30 years of doing this. Mm-hmm. And, and so when he was rubbing on you and he kissed you and and you said, stop, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but at, at, when, he, when he did that, you were thinking that maybe – that was going to mm-hmm. to the next level. Is that was that what you're saying? That's what or? I was thinking. It was either that he, I mean, or maybe he has two maybe girls the same age was, in the house. Yeah, right, right. So I mean, like to e- either one of them, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna do whatever. Right. That's like in the time being, I wasn't thinking that, but right. like now on, like After he was a predator. Fact, right. I mean, he didn't really care. He would he done he did anything. So let me ask you this, because. Um, when you say down there, where, where was he living at the time? Uh, Santa Mall. Santa Mall. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And y'all, um, for those of you who don't know, because um, we have listeners all around the world, the Santa Mall is an Ascension Parish, uh, not far across the Livingston Parish line, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you go back to bed, and what happens? I just go back to bed. Didn't tell anybody. I didn't mm-hmm. tell her. Nobody. Right, right. I just kept that in until... Maybe for two years. Right. So, um, so back to being the lookout. Um, how many times do you think that happened? Probably it would be either between the camper, them going in the shower, um, the, at night, sneaking off somewhere. Could, yeah. And this is your friend, okay? Mm-hmm. And so... Did y'all have conversations that, what are you doing with my dad? You know what I mean? We never really had those conversations. It was just like, she would talk to me about it. I would respond. But in my head, I was just like, I don't want to listen to it. Yeah, you were were basically like, I don't even want to think about this. Kind of trying to block it out. Yeah, I was like, just just go. Just go do whatever you want. I don't want to hear it. And and you know what? You were in such a, and I got got moms, you were in such a, Bad place, but it, here, let me tell you something. Uh, your friend at, at the time, whatever. Uh, then let me tell you this: the she absolutely. What my opinion and and is is she's a victim too, ultimately because at that age you cannot consent to sex; Mm-mm. it's rape, and mm-hmm. and that's Louisiana law. That and there's a reason that law is in place because that. That younger age, your brain is not fully developed. And the crazy thing is, after all this happened, my papa said, I wish she was just one year older. We wouldn't have to go all through this. Yeah. But it's not true because Mm -hmm. it happened for several years, correct? Yep. Yeah. Not several years. Um, So the crime only happened just like, I think, half of September to the the end of, uh, of October. That you know from the time that you were told? That was the whole time. Okay. I knew from like the very, very beginning okay. until the very, very end. So when you were at Grand Island, she told you, "I slept with your dad." That was like the first. That was, the that was like maybe like, I think they started having a relationship like a week prior to that. Okay. So I was like beginning on. All right, and and then um, so they do the lookout. You do the lookout stuff, and y'all. You know, she would t- try to talk to you about it, and you're like, I don't want to hear it. And what happens next? So she just like, so she'll, she, like I said, she always sleeps in my room. So she was like, she would also show me pictures, them laying together, um, him in between her legs, uh, clothes on, but still like, right. oh, she's like, oh my gosh, look at me and your dad. And, uh, it's, it's, like a full blown Inappropriate period. Mm-hmm. Like this was normal. Like it was yeah. a 16 year old boy yeah. that she was dating or something. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, like, he would also, like, pull me aside. Like, if we're, like, laying next to each other watching a movie, he would be like, why are you doing that? You're making me jealous. Like, you can't you do that. Because you were laying next to your friend? Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, he would actually get mad. Oh, wow. wow. Like, he, would, he got really possessive. He would also tell me, 
Um, they would go to hotels. That's where they got called at, at a hotel because um, of a tip. They would go out on dates together. Wow. And he was married. Mm-hmm. And you have younger siblings uh, that he had with her. Yes. The, his wife at the time. Um, and then oh, and they go out on dates. And so it progresses in what ultimately happens. Tell us about, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about that before? What um, I don't really think so. Okay. I think that's it. So the, and again, y'all, we're certainly not going to be graphic about anything. It's not necessary. The story is horrible enough without it. And we, and on real life or crime, I never sensationalize anything. We just give you the facts. Um, but I think you've done an excellent job. Uh, um, so it goes on, and ultimately what happens. Tell us about how it came to a conclusion. So so she later told her dad's girlfriend that was also married, but the wife never really cared, just a whole weird situation in Grand Isle, um, that she was having a, relationship, a relationship with my dad, and she was like, acting like she cared and acting like she didn't really care. She's like, I don't know if you should do this, but I don't care. It's not my place to tell. She it, later was the tipster it, that okay. sent it in. But again, just to clarify, when you say relationship, you mean what? Uh, boyfriend, girlfriend. Well, a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously the jealousy. I, I, I can't speak to what's inside his mind about love or anything like that, but there's no such thing under Louisiana law. It's right. And how old was your dad at this time? Great question. 33 or 34, somewhere around there, I yeah. think. Or maybe 30, maybe a little bit mid, older. Mid 30s. Yeah, mid 30s. Yeah. And so wow. um, she tells her dad's girlfriend, and at some point they go to, you, you said earlier, hotel. They go to a, um, so they, so where they got called at, they go to Oya Hotel. And where is um, that? I think it was West Baton Rouge, okay. I believe. They got booked. That's where he got arrested. He ran a stop sign, mm-hmm. and they pulled him over because the truck matched the description. She and they saw, looked over, saw the girl. They're like, "You okay?" She's like, "Oh yeah, I'm fine." This is just what I'm hearing from them both, like both sides of the story from them, because um, the article kind of just said like sex predator, even though he was, but they were just an article, right? So they're gonna hyphen things right, up. Right. Well, that's you know that's. Unfortunately, that's what the news media yeah. does a lot of times. So they got pulled over. Later found out she was the girl. He was the guy. Got arrested. I then got a phone call from his dad, my papa, saying the horse show's canceled because I had a horse show coming up that weekend. Um, it's off. It's done. Private family matter, family emergency. We're not doing anything. They wouldn't tell us for about two hours but all the while, I always had a feeling maybe this is what it is. So, okay, and and do you know? Um, they didn't find him at the hotel. They got him on traffic stop. So the lady called in a tip that they were going to the hotel, or that mm-hmm. and, and because she would as as much as she told me, she would tell her too. Mm-hmm. So she knows a good bit of information too about oh, them. Right, and so they get arrested. Your grandfather says. Family emergency, we're not having a horse show, and what happens? What happens, so I started calling them both. I was calling my dad and the girl, both to voicemail. I was like, well, this is just weird. It's not right. So I kind of put two and two together that he got arrested. Whenever we found out, my mom was like, dad did something very, very terrible. He, uh, indecent behavior with juvenile was his first charge, or has as, as, as it was listed. And... I was like, I think I know the girl. She was like, how would you know? I said, well, she was always with us. So, I mean, what if that was the girl? Acting like I, I didn't right. know. Yeah, well, you, you know, and I get that. You don't want to, oh, man, I hate it that you were put in that position. And now you're in a position where your mom knows that he's been doing wrong. And you know that. To go along, to, to get along with your dad, I mean, there's certainly no blame on you whatsoever at all. I mean, it's just not. And, and and but now you're at a point 
where your mama knows and the whole world knows. Yeah. And you're like, mm, I think I, I know who it is, right? Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, what did you tell your mom? I was like, I think I know the girl. I think it's I think it's this person. Right. She was always with us, which is always weird. That's what I would told. That's what I always told her. I would always slip up, but I always always but I always be like, but what if? Right. I always said, what if? Or what if this is? What if this is true? What if this is not true? Right. So I was also with him, also giving me all of the manipulation towards me. I would do it back to other people. I was smart like him for two years. Right. So anything that he told me, I would pick it up and do it back. Right. And I would imagine that, um, you know, you're in such a position, Charlie, that um, on one side of the, like, did you ever have the, the, um, the thought that, you know, maybe I should say something or, 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 was it more the fear of if I say something, this is going to happen to my more dad? So like or? that, he would always be like, "It's not that big of a deal." Um, he would always he would always ask me what I talked about in my counseling sessions. Yeah. Either he was afraid I was going to slip up and tell him that I knew, yeah. and tell them more about the story because they dumb down the story a lot to the detectives, to the attorneys, to everybody. So not everybody knows the full story, but me. Mm-hmm. Right. So he knew if I if he could keep me silent and give me things that I want and to hear the things that I want, I wouldn't say anything. It, it was controlling you. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, back to your mom. What, what ultimately, and I understand you were in self-preservation and you were rocking hard. So, I, hey, that's still your dad, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's you've been controlled. And hey, it's not that big of a deal, and all this stuff over the uh, hour long it was, and everything. But he raised you as you know, or you know, like you said, he was he was your person you looked up to, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Besides your mom, so ultimately, tell us what you told your mom. So I told her I was like, I was like, I cannot believe this. I cannot believe he did this. Oh my gosh. Like, even whenever I first called him, I was like, why did you do this? Right. Like, because he knew if he ever got caught, I would cover for him. Right. Because knowing all those years ahead, like I said, I had a debt to pay, or I felt like I had a debt to you pay. That you didn't have one. So, and he, he still continued to see her after he got arrested. Back to your mom. At what point did you ultimately tell her the truth? I think I told her. Last year, 2022, and I think the very beginning of October, whenever he was kind of reaching like that two-year mark, I had, we were on a phone call with my dad, and I said, I'm angry at you for what you put me through, for what you put me through for two years, not even two years, my whole life. You were a liar. He was like, why are you mad at me? You knew everything all along. That's how she found out. I was like, no, I don't know. I don't know. What are you talking about? And I got off the phone. She was like, you knew, didn't you? I was like, bottom of my soul, I knew everything. Right. And as it came up, things are, because I blocked out a lot of stuff that Absolutely. happened. So, sure. like, things, like, as I was saying that things were coming back, right. it's not a pretty scene, throwing stuff, kicking stuff, running right. around the house, screaming, like, right. I knew all right. of it. Right, and the, 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 finally, all the stuff you've been holding back, blacking out, uh, that's a form of self-defense too. Just like the acting out and the grade slipping and, and stuff like that. You've finally. The world has become a smaller place and people are traveling more freely between countries than ever before. And companies are doing more business outside of their home countries than ever before. The geniuses at Rosetta Stone saw this trend beginning to develop years ago and have dedicated decades toward researching and refining the best and most efficient way to teach someone a new language. Rosetta Stone has been one of our most loyal sponsors here at Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show, and that's because many of you out there have trusted Rosetta Stone to prepare you for everything from a family reunion to a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to a business trip in a faraway country. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program in the galaxy. Rosetta Stone's been there for us with a great product at a great price. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert in language learning for 30 years with millions of users. 
Rosetta Stone's intuitive process helps you pick up a new language naturally so you retain what you learn, and their true accent speech recognition feature is like having a personal trainer. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Au revoir. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Get to tell all. Right, mm-hmm. team mom. And, and that had to be very traumatic, but also very releasing for you. Yes, yes, and, very. Um, the so let me back up because I, I you said oh, he gets arrested the first time. How long was it before he got arrested until your mom knew that you knew everything? He was out for two years. That's okay. So that's what I want to get back to. So you had said that he kept seeing her even after he got mm-hmm. out. He so would like call me. me. He would call me. And be like, hey, we're like we're in a store together. He got you. Even got our promise ring. Wow. Yeah. Even got our promise ring. Still and, go to see her hotel. How, how do you know about that? He would. He he showed me a picture. She showed me a picture too. She's like she posted on her story. Yeah. So are y'all? Are you still having any type of visitations at this point? No. Okay. So that now it's it's through electronic communications, mm-hmm. and you know that, or at least they're leading you believe that they're still seeing each other. Yeah. And, um. And so. Let me go back for a minute. This comes out, and we were talking about how hard it is to be in high school earlier. The Did you catch any blowback, um, like, from friends or anything at school? or? After, um, after? I would have, like, episodes with some teachers. No, well, I mean, did, what I'm asking is, did anybody read the news article and say, oh, your dad? Mm-mm. Okay, okay. Nobody right, well, that's did. good. He gets arrested. Everybody gets a bond, but do you know if he made any kind of statements to detectives from West Baton Rouge Parish? I think he did. I mean, that he admitted to. I mean, what is his? What was his excuse? I mean, why? why? She came on to me. So he admitted to it then, but he's. I was going through a tough time. I was torn between Grand Isle, my home, my family, and she just got in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he he admitted that to West Baton Rouge, but then. At some point, they find out about all the other parishes, and so now it's multi-jurisdictional. State police get involved, and first arrest is in October. February is the next arrest. So that's what November, December, January—almost four months—in in another parish. And so, what happens? And that's why I asked you earlier uh, when she was sitting on top of him back in the vehicle, if you knew where it was, because each. Parish, and they'll probably never know all of them, but each parish that they can prove an offense in beyond mm-hmm. a reasonable doubt, they he would have got booked in. Yeah. And so he, he ultimately ends up with four charges, all or four parishes, four parishes so multiple charges. What do you know the the range of the charges? Carnal knowledge of a juvenile. Carnal knowledge. Uh, Indecent behavior. Yeah. Indecent behavior, carnal knowledge. Mm-hmm. No statutory rape. Right, Which, no, nothing like that, right, mm-hmm. okay. And we're not going to speculate on why they didn't charge him. He admits, evidently, to the relationship, and ultimately he has to have He a, was the victim. Yeah, I, I, that's standard, right? That, that's that's what his excuse was. Mm-hmm. Now, the um, I guess, Mom, you cut off visitations at that point? Yeah, so... Um, I get a call. I make a call to Mr. Sherman Mack, who's here, and I tell him what has happened. He's a great guy, by the way. Yeah. He's a lifelong friend of mine. We, uh, we file for 
ex parte custody. Right. And it's granted immediately. Right. Um, the judge denied all of the of like the one on one time with them. Um, and her dad actually texted me whenever he bonded out of jail. He said, I'm ready for my time with my daughter. Yeah. And uh, so. Like, I think he didn't. You know, well, no, he wanted, he wanted damage and control. So um, we cut off all ties with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, tried to. Um, we never really understood why she was so close with him once he did the crime. Um, two years later, we find out the why, you know, and, and, um, and then because they kept the, the two years later, that's after all four of the rest of the May. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's when you, so that's when you finally don't yeah. or you cry. Basically from, it's a crying out. That so you did. from yeah. 2020 from whenever he first got arrested until she came out with the truth, they were still best buddies mm-hmm. and we could not wrap our brains around why she's still friends with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why are you not mad at him yet? And um, she went to all kind of counselors. We, money was no object. Right. We tried to get to, like, the root of, like, what was happening to her, you right. know, to, you know, I mean, like, to make it processed through her. Yeah, right. And, um, trying to take care of your daughter. Trying, trying, yeah. trying to take care of the baby. Yeah. Right. And uh, she would go into counseling, say whatever she had to say, and she would get out and would never come out with it. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I mean, woe is me. Such yeah. a terrible thing. I'm doing yeah. better now. Right, so right. That's always and, my excuse. And you were still holding on to the secret. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? That probably nobody would have done any different, Charlie. And and the, so you don't ever have guilt about that. The, um, you didn't make the decision to, to have this relationship with an underage uh, child or mm-hmm. teenager. You didn't do all this, okay? You are, you were, at that time, you were a victim. Yes. When you cried out to your mama and you stood up and and then that's where the title of the story is going to come in. So when you cried out to your mama and you told her the real truth, what happened? So whenever that happened, she was like, it's not your fault. It's not. It's not your fault. It absolutely it's okay that, that you're feeling like this because for I think for two years, I really hardly never cried. Right. I never felt really any were, any emotions. There was just in. like a void and like a numbness because he would just, he just almost like brainwashed me like, oh, yeah. it's going to be fine. Absolutely. You're going to see me again. We would also meet. So like we would go like to Waffle House and meet if I'm at his dad's house, my papa's house, because he didn't care. He wanted me to see him. He mm-hmm. wanted to make this better no, for my dad. A, that, he was and like, "Do you even want him in jail? Like, if you if you testify for us, he he won't get as many years." And so and I was who, like, oh, who, "Okay." Who, who was saying that? My papa, Charles oh, Scott. Okay. All right, and and so it goes on. Um, you tell the truth. Do, do you give statements to law enforcement or anybody? So I eventually started um, giving out some statements. I went to West Baton Rouge to the prosecutor. I was like, "I want to give a victim impact statement." For his te- for his trial coming up for his um since for his sentencing trial. So let me ask you, he obviously he admitted to it. Uh, uh, I'm sure he dumbed it down for him or downplayed his part in it. But so he, is he just getting sentenced or is he having a full blown trial? Did he? He's just getting sentenced. So he's getting sentenced. So probably they 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 struck a sweetheart of a deal, um, but. Maybe they didn't know how bad it was. So you go in West Baton Rouge and you say, what? So we got an interview with them. He was like, hang on, hang on, hang on. You need to go talk to our detectives. We went to the detectives. They were like, oh, my gosh, you went through all of this crap? I was like, yep. They were like, he was like, well, he needs to be buried under the the prison. I was like, yep, yep, yep. He was like, I cannot believe he did that to you. They were just shocked. Right. They were like, we never heard anything I, like this. I, I want to give a shout out to West Baton Rouge um, Sheriff's Office detectives. Uh, great bunch of guys. I had to go against them on a, on a cold case, on Mary Poche's case. But ultimately, they stepped up and they did the right thing and they worked it how it should have been. And he's in prison uh, uh, for, I mean, he's going to die in prison for it. But, but shout out for them 
for standing up for you, mm-hmm. right? So the prosecutor was always on my side. I for, sadly for, forgot his name. Yeah. But so whenever sentencing happened, um, we were there for about five hours. So it was me, my mom, my dad, Daniel, um, who my mom married. Right, right, Now right, is right. my dad, father, right. everything. Gotcha. Um, so my Nana was there, and then one of my older friends was there just as support. So about and, five and hours. And you are in the West Baton Rouge Courthouse. Mm-hmm. And, so, and ultimately, the, the, the head prosecutor is going to be the DA, Tony Clayton. But cases like this, he, he would pass down to his underlings. He, he didn't have enough hours in a day to work all the parishes that he covers. And Tony uh, Clayton and I, um, through another case that I did, the I, you know, I've known him forever, and he's a bulldog, and and ultimately, I think he, his heart's in the right place, and he's a good guy. But so you go to the courthouse with all these people, you expect to have a sentencing hearing, and you, you, are expecting to give a victim's impact statement. Yeah. So like the victim people were with the us vic- the whole victim's time. Victims advocacy. Yes, yeah. they were there, sitting behind me, and be like, "Are you ready? Are you excited?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm so ready." Yeah, yeah. Like thinking you were going to finally have your moment. Mm-hmm. And his family was there. My papa. Some of his AA um, sponsors, which didn't really do anything because he was also on drugs at the time. Yeah. Um, he was late. He probably came in an hour and a half after the whole courthouse thing started and dozing off in his chair. You're talking like, about? My, my dad, yeah. Alan. Right. And he just was out of it. Got up there, was mumbling. And then the prosecutor was like, we have a victim here. It's his daughter. And so before that all happened, his attorneys went up. It's like, hey, there's a girl over here. We don't know um, if she's going to speak or not. But if she does, she's not a victim. She's not in her documents. She can't and, speak. And, and who was his attorney? Uh, I have no clue. Tommy D'Amico. Tommy, Tommy D'Amico. Now, I've known Tommy D'Amico for a long, long time. In the, uh, and, and I understand if y'all hate on him in this case, but ultimately, at the end of the day, a, a, a defense attorney's job is to do the best they can. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody has a right to a defense, uh, uh, and he really is one of the best. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm sure they paid a pretty penny to have him, too. Oh, yeah. But did. so Tommy tells the judge that you're there to speak, but you're not a victim. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then the prosecutor was like, hey, we have— Alan's daughter back here behind me, ready to speak. And the judge looked at me, he's like, you're not a victim. We can't allow you to speak. Just because um, you're his daughter, we don't know if you are telling the truth or not, pretty much. Right. Like, you're not listed, and it's not in our protocol to let you speak, pretty but, much. But you, you had given statements to law enforcement. Law enforcement told you, I can't believe Every single to you. person I've talked to said I was one of the biggest victims in the whole thing. Yeah. And, and that's... Uh, did you talk to the Texas outside of West Baton Rouge Parish? Talked to Ascension um, mm-hmm. about the crimes that happened right. at his house right. and any other that happened. Um, talked to Denim whenever he would uh, just bring me stuff like alcohol or something. Mm-hmm. So we later got that situated. So he has charges here and here too in Denim. In Livingston Parish, yeah. And, uh, okay. And, but you know what? The And then of course I wasn't there, but you told me, they got you to be a lookout. That makes you, uh, man, all of it makes you a victim. No doubt about that. That he knew it and act like told you there's nothing wrong. Blah blah blah. Um, so that day you didn't get to give your statement, did you? Yeah. So, uh, so in my head, I was like, he won again. Like, yeah. this is not fair. Like, why am I going in these circles and circles? So, it was a two house, a two story courthouse. Yeah, so we West took Ridge. the elevator and they took the stairs. Well. As soon as elevator doors opened, he was just there holding the door like, "Oh look, you're, I didn't get I didn't get arrested your today." Your father, mm-hmm, my father, Alan. So I looked at him. I said, "Don't you ever fucking talk to me again." Like, so the first time um, I I did, I was like bowing up, and he just laughed at me. Like, who are you talking to me like this in his head? I, I said, "Oh, so you're laughing at me?" Like yelling now he just walked away i said i said don't you ever talk to me you are not my dad anymore i'm done we walked out seven cops came down it took my nana to keep me from going out because as i was saying this i was going after him and he was just laughing and walking away seven cops came down they're like what is going on 
my Nana Cherry was like, this is what y'all get for not letting her speak. This is her showing. Like, right. this is her emotions coming out, saying right. that she's a victim. Right, right. And so um, the he got a sentence that day? Mm-hmm. And what was it? Um, it was three years. So he just, like, walked free, and I was like, Back where I was before, like you oh, silenced me in the in a whole but, other but, way. But hey, hey, hey! Let me ask you this. This is very important. Um, I know you didn't get to give your victims impact statement. This just hit me because I, I, I did it my whole career. But for him to plead guilty, right, and he got a sweet Harvard deal, no doubt about that. But for him to plead guilty, he had to stand up in open court and say what he did. Mm-hmm. So what did he say? Did to he? the best of your recollection. He was high. He couldn't. I mean, he said so his the, address the, backwards. This is what I'm saying is this. I wasn't there. Jim wasn't there. But guess what? It's all a matter of public record. Anybody can go look this up in West Baton Rouge records and now everywhere else. I assume he's played everywhere else. Um, so the we don't have any direct knowledge of, of what you're telling us today. But guess what? If y'all are so inclined, you go to, as a citizen, it's a public record, you can go pull these court minutes and read exactly what he pled to uh, in this case, mm-hmm. right? And so You can also go look up his name. There's two articles about him, one from The Advocate, one from W. About him taking the, the guilty mm-hmm. pleas or being arrested? Uh, being arrested, the whole story of him so being arrested. Did they do any... Uh, articles about him pleading out. Okay. Did they tell you anything? Did they say anything in court uh, about the continuing relationship after, or they just went with the initial mm-hmm. charges? She's the only one that knew about it. Yeah, I was the only one that knew about it. But you it. told them about it, but they didn't I told, say anything about it in court. Uh, told West Baton Rouge about that because I didn't know what parish yeah, you, he was in. You so. tell them about it and them being able but to they prove told, it um, beyond that a they reason. were going to get state police involved about yeah, that. Too. But, yeah. again, you tell them about it and then being able to prove it is not like you were with them because, uh, you, mm-hmm. you know, your visitation was revoked and all that. So I get that. I, I, I hate it, and it's not right, uh, but they're, they're th- saying is or, or their thinking is we can't prove those actions and furtherance beyond a reasonable doubt. But it doesn't matter. The, the sweetheart of the deal is the three years, but it's all a matter of public record. He had to stand up and plead guilty to the NDC or mm-hmm. Cardinals, whatever it was he pled to. He got sentenced to three years. Now, do you know what day that he finally had to report for custody? December 8th. Of this past 2022. Of 2022. So, do you know where he's located? Barclays program already, which right. is crazy. Well, you know what though, I, I would I have never known a case of of any type like this where part of his yeah three years is 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 absurd, but you know for whatever reason the prosecution agreed to it, and and I I I I, I get it because. It, Y'all don't have the knowledge on, on that side that I do, and, and I get they're getting it through. They're closing out, but now what they're thinking is, and I know it had to be part put in part of his sentencing. When you get out, you got to register as a sex offender mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. Yep. Wherever you live, you got to tell all your neighbors you're a sex offender. And guess what? It doesn't just say it doesn't say what you did. So my wife. Uh, came home one day and people she was on like, Life 360. It'll pull yeah, up all that's the right. registered that's sex right. offenders. And like, that, oh, well, that we're going to be on there now too. That came up later, but here's the, the um, Charlie. I want to tell you this: the my wife came in one day and she got a thing in the mailbox and had the, the guy's picture on it, and she was all freaked out. I said, "Baby, if you went on the computer right now and searched how many sex offenders are living around us, you'd be shocked." Yeah, but he has to live with that for the mm-hmm. rest of his life, and and and. There's, I mean, I guess there's no real solace in that. Hopefully, he won't offend again. If he does, he's gonna. He probably will. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you a, a backstory on how they got divorced. If I have the permission to. He got they. He had an affair with a 17 year old. Mm. Um, whenever they were married, so huh. it's like a, it's like a cycle. Yeah, he just right. went younger this time. Right, and and the deal is, if he does it, then. Uh, Got to deal with him on that, but what I want to what I want to talk about now, real quick, is 
with after I talked to your mom last week, you ultimately got to give a victim's impact statement. Mm-hmm. And but but it wasn't in the West Baton Rouge courthouse or in a courthouse. Mm-hmm. You went on your Facebook page mm-hmm. on social media and you laid it out, sister. I was like I was like when I read that I was like, holy smokes. I was so proud for you. Thank you. And yeah. It, so I tagged so I posted it. I was like, this is real and true. Right. This is this is right. This is the truth. This is of this is what he did and this is how it affected me. Right. To to and, like well, all and, the extent. Like, that gives me the guy my and I'm so proud that you had the courage to do that. Thank you. And I'm an old hard school veteran and I've seen it all. Um and but that's when I said to myself, This young lady is a survivor or in the ultimate survivor because it's your dad, mm-hmm. right? And and I'm so proud for you. Thank uh, you. Uh, and I hope that someone out there that's listening today, and there's we we have millions and millions of listeners, right? I know just by the law of averages, somebody is a victim out there. Yes. And until you, I think if you got to say it um, in the West Baton Rouge courthouse. That would have been your moment for the fact that you were there ready to say it. That mm-hmm. was your moment where you're you're flipping from victim to mm-hmm. survivor. I mean, I was practicing it right. at my house. Victim, like, this is good. Then you were swapping from victim to survivor. Mm-hmm. Then nothing's ever going to change what happened to you. No. Okay. Yes. But you didn't put yourself in a situation. He did, but you ultimately laid it all out, and I was like, Charlie. Is the ultimate survivor. Thank you. And I want y'all, if you're out there, and I know somebody out there is hurting, somebody out there is going through a similar situation like this when they're in Twin Rock in a hard place and they've been groomed, they've been, you know, a lot of them are threatened uh, uh, and it's just bad situations. You don't have to live with it. You can tell someone and become a survivor. Don't be a victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just um, you are a very impressive young lady. Thank you. Um, the fact that you can sit down and get behind this microphone right now and and sound as put together as you are right. is impressive. Well, I'm not in front of like five hundred thousand. Well, that's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but it it really is impressive, and your career path yes. uh, that you're choosing is interesting mm-hmm. considering. Uh, so tell everybody that. So I'm going to Southeastern to major in psychology and also to minor in criminal justice. Yeah. And, it fits and pretty well. Fits right. and, and like a puzzle piece. But, yep, but Cinderella shoe. Even yes. more important at this time, what is your plan? Um, what would, and I already know the answer, but what it, what at this time, what do you plan to do with that degree? So I'm planning into going to the CASA with the kids. Yeah, y'all, that's the Child Advocacy Center. Uh, um, that's who works with victims of, um, it could be crimes of violence. Well, so, rape is a crime of violence. But they work with children who've been offended against. And they also, y'all have heard me talk about it a million times on, on different shows. They These the people that do this are absolutely amazing. And these cases would never get brought to justice if it wasn't for the CAC workers, and you're planning on doing that. Yes, I'm really excited about it. I feel like since what I went through, I can kind of connect with those kids right. more. Absolutely. Be like, look, I understand. I may not understand your story, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna 100% understand your hurt. Right. Yeah, I understand right. betrayal, family betrayal, yeah. um, all of it. I mean, I understand suicide, I understand yeah. depression, anxiety, yeah. I understand also anything that those kids has gone through. I may not have gone through it similar, but I've gone through the same hurt. Yeah, you can relate. Mm-hmm. And and that that could be the difference to somebody yeah. opening up and not. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, Charlie, I'm remiss because I wasn't thinking about this earlier, and your mom and Jim uh, were off mic, and both had the same idea. And that's why... I want them in the ring because especially Jim, he knows me. And I, I talked about your statement Mm -hmm. that you ultimately got to give your statement and you posted social media and they had the genius idea and they're a thousand percent correct. Do you, 
want to read your statement yeah, to the world because you, you know we're going to 167 countries and in millions and millions of people. Yep. And, uh, so this is your statement that you posted on social media. Mm-hmm. This is a statement that you want to give in front of your father because mm-hmm. he's knowing your dad. That um, yeah, any, anybody like maybe you should just say it right in front of his face, right? Right. Just like yell at him. Well, for you know it. what? The wherever he's locked up at, somebody's listening to real life, real crime, and they'll, they'll let him know that they heard it. So if you want to, mm-hmm. the floor is yours. All right. So I was only 15 years old when this happened. I had to face many roller coaster rides because of you. You made me go through depression, heartaches, and turmoil. You made me hold this secret for two years so you could save yourself. You were not facing your consequences. I was behind bars while you were out free, not caring who you would hurt in the process. You hurt me the most by making me hold this secret in. No counselor, no family member, or friend did not know how to help me. The counseling sessions only made things worse because I was lying the whole time. I was not helping myself. I was only helping you, and I was protecting you never protected me. You only manipulated every situation you are or will be in. I got I got diagnosed with depression, so no one knew how to help me. I had to go through many phases of suicide attempts and had to be hospitalized because of it for a week. While I was there, still no one could help me. No one. No psychiatrist could figure out what I, what I was going through because of you. I got a prescription for depression. It still did not work. I was lying to everyone that I loved because of you. I sacrificed so much because of you. My grades started declining, which means I had to miss out on all the college opportunities I could have had. You took my life away from me. It was not fair. I was only 15, barely 15 at the time. I I would have flashes of anger, but no one knew why. I would punch walls just so I could feel something. I was left with bruises after. made me believe that my mom was the bad guy all along. When I came out with the truth, my eyes were more open than ever. I realized that you manipulated me the whole time of those two years, from 2020 to 2022, now I'm having to face the pain of that. My own father using his daughter is the worst thing that a father can do. Even when I called you a month ago, you flipped it onto yourself. Imagine how that felt for me. You will never let me be angry with you. I am angry now because the more and more things that are coming back to me, the more and more that I realize that you were not the father figure you were supposed to be. You took my life away for two years. Two years I was protecting you and it was eating me alive. I had no motivation to do anything. I never went out, never hung out with friends, nothing. I was in my room getting beat up because of what you did. I was going through what you should have. I was a kid, and you were an adult, an adult that was my father at the least. Daniel was a father to me more than you were. He showed me how my father was supposed to parent and love a daughter. I will forever be thankful that I have him in my life. My life was set before you did what you did. I was never meant to be put in that situation, never, but you did. Wow. I got love you. And, and I'm you're starting to tear up, and you make me tear up, right? <laughs> and I'm so proud of you. Thank you. And I know your mama is, and I know Jim is, and, and ultimate survivor. And y'all, that was Charlie's statement that she wanted to read her her father in the courthouse and didn't get the chance. Wow, that's amazing. Jim is crying. Yep. You know, and I have daughters. I have twin daughters the same age and I could not imagine that and and uh, uh, wow you are awesome Thank I mean you. just um, that strength that you're, you're using right now to, to have you know you're in the process of getting through this and and it will serve you mm-hmm. one day you'll you'll be surprised how much that'll serve you and then after court, I mean, it wasn't done then. I was, that, that was the thing. After court, all my family that was on that side never checked up on me, saw what happened downstairs. They were coming downstairs, walked out, and I was like, they never checked on me. They blocked me from my sister's phone. I have had no communication with her. But luckily, my mom was able to get her out there for my graduation so I could see her. It's really good homecoming for both of us. Let me tell you something, Charlie. The people are going to act however they want to act, and Mm -hmm. you can't control their actions. Got to work that out. And how old is your sister? She's, whenever this all happened, I think she's, now now, she's 11. One day, 
when, when she turns 18, even if they hold her back until then, one day she'll get, maybe she'll hear, I doubt she'll hear this, but one day she's going to get to know you and you're going to be the same beautiful person you are now and you are amazing. Thank you. And I'm going to tell you something, I've been doing this going on probably six years and You're an ultimate survivor. Thank you. That's our Hey, you know what? I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life. How about that? You, you and I are now family, and I want to know what you do. Okay? Sure will. All right. What an episode. Um, and, thank and, you. Um, uh, I mean, I, I, I think it's, I think it's the, best, the, the best, most meaningful in, we've saw a cold case. We've done all kinds of stuff. Won all the awards in the world. To me, this is on a different level. Best we ever did. Hooray! And, 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 and with that, y'all, I'm sorry, I cut y'all. No, you didn't. With that, yeah. the I'm, I gotta talk about. I'm not gonna say all the great podcaster stuff, but I'm gonna conclude the episode. Ultimate Survivor, Miss Charlie Elena, and. What a hero. Um, all the podcast stuff, I'm not even going to say it. Charlie took all the wind out of my sails. Other, <laughs> other, other than Louisiana, Oregon Procurement Agency, I will always end with them because, like Charlie, they're heroes. Um, go to lopa.org. Sign up to be an organ donor. You don't have to be from the state of Louisiana. If you're a lifer from, you pick me a country or, or you say something. Wait, what, what it could be a country anywhere in the world. Uh, what are you going on your senior trip? Africa. Okay, if you are a life, if <laughs> you're a lifer from Africa, and we have a lot of lifers in Africa, if you're a lifer from Africa and you want to become an organ donor, you don't have to be from Louisiana. Go to lopa.org, take two minutes, fill out the little the questionnaire, the form thing, whatever they call it, and become an organ donor. Be a hero like Charlie. Um, and but through Lopa, you can give the gift of life and all that other great stuff. Uh, they're a nonprofit organization, and I always in the shows with them because I got mad love for them. And I'm Woody Overton. Uh, first of all, thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Miss Kim. Thank you, Jim. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder by You. Peace. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.